The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, boo-boo, what do you think of this picnic basket? Welcome to The Crunch, episode 83. It is your boy, Ethan, a.k.a. Bro Apostle. And I'm Patrick at Catholic Pat. Um, so your ignorance of Big Balls and Cowtown aside... Uh, which is an obvious indication of your moral uh, delinquency. How are you doing? <laughs> um, I'm a little upset right now. Uh, did I do something wrong? No, 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 no. It's not you. It's something that happened at school. It's not you. It's me. Okay, tell me. So, one of the uh, one of the members of um, student government announced on Facebook that Franciscan was going to be one of the hosts of the touring exhibit of the shroud of turin wow i know that's pretty cool and everyone was super excited but today she admitted that she was lying what <gasps> i know that's and a then sin. everyone at school was like man that girl is a real shroud teaser oh no i have to hang up on you now Ah. <laughs> uh. That was one of my favorite memes, and because I was listening to the live episode last week, and we talked about Ray Schremmerd, and (sighs) that feels good. Felt good. I feel good. Do you think my roommate would do a podcast with me? (laughs) No, because as we as we proved a couple weeks ago, you can't do a podcast with someone who's in the same room as you. Why are you trying Unless to? Unless you're doing a live episode. Why are you trying to own me? It's not my fault. When that Steubenville <laughs> sucks. Hey. I mean, it was fun. It feels weird. It feels like we haven't talked in a while. It's because we haven't. We oh. we did two episodes in a week, and then and then we just didn't talk. Didn't talk for a week and a half. Continually I mean, it... reinforcing the fact that we don't talk outside of our episodes, even when I go visit we... you. <laughs> we um it was good timing though because like easter turned out to be really busy and i didn't even think about the fact that easter had been coming up how but we got an episode out on easter sunday your lent must not have been hard enough if you didn't know easter was coming <laughs> <laughs> nah man i was just i was just trucking along yeah no i get it i get it uh i feel the same way i just now that easter's here i've been uh kind of going buck wild a little bit like it's been good i've been trying to celebrate 
you know, every day in a small way. And that small way sometimes manifests itself in a very big way. Um, <laughs> like my I favorite day of the and... year is Easter Tuesday, otherwise known as, hey, Patrick, remember, gluttony is still a sin oh. Tuesday. I believe it was on this podcast that we clarified that you could sin for eight days and it, there were no repercussions. <laughs> I think that's I think that it's was like us. The, that might have been somebody else. Did the joke did the joke Catholic purge come up at all? Because that's no, no, funny. that's funny. Can we do that? Let's oh, do that bit. Yeah, real that's quick. goof. That's a, wait. Hold on, hold on. Set it up again. Set it up again. Mm-hmm. So, I'm... <laughs> Patrick, it's not gluttony because uh, when Easter happens, it's eight, eight days, and you are legally allowed to sin as much as you want because the government uh, has figured out that that's a good way to keep the population under control. Um, it's kind of like the Catholic purge. Whoa! What a good. How was my delivery? Was it good? That was a good delivery. That was a good. Goof. <coughs> are you okay? Are you dying? Some coffee went down the wrong pipe. Hey, have you ever noticed how only drinks can go down the wrong pipe and yeah. if food goes down the wrong pipe and die? That's crazy. Oh, right? no, there's a chicken in my lung. What do I do? <laughs> it won't stop fluttering around. It won't stop. I've heard of butterflies in the stomach, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> okay. He's got a real bad, he's got a real bad case of uh, macaroni lung. It's oh no! We need to get that taken care Popcorn of. Popcorn lung is a thing. Popcorn lung is that real? Is that when you? Yeah, it's when it's when you. <laughs> when you. <laughs> when you get when you climb into <laughs> when you climb into a microwave <laughs> when you climb into a microwave. <laughs> I can't even say it. And your chest explodes like a popcorn <laughs> kernel. Uh, no, it's when you vape too much. Oh, that too. And there's too much moisture in your lungs, so it makes a popping sound when you breathe in. Okay, that's that's fair. Um, man, I couldn't stop thinking. My imagery is like the movie Alien when the alien bursts out of the chest, but it's a pop- <laughs> but it's a popcorn kernel. That was your lung. Oh man, that's funny. Oh gosh. So um, we kind of just started the episode without talking about our topic. Would you like me to tell you my my topic idea? It's not really a topic idea. It's more of a response. Do you want to hear it? I mean, we could just sit here and just do jokes for 30 minutes. But just I, do jokes? I guess. I was going to say, I shouldn't have asked you a yes or no question because what if you said no? Yeah, the answer, the answer is no. I don't want to hear your topic. I'm hanging up the phone call and I'm going to the bathroom again. That's... Never, never, ask, never ask a question to start off a – a uh, argumentative essay, a commercial, or a podcast. It's never a good idea. Is that a, like a comms joke? Is that like a comm major thing? Because I don't... That is a comm major joke. Okay, that's you like should, a... Well, it, it's an insider the first, thing. The first one, the first one was um, uh, general advice. If you mm. are trying to persuade someone in an essay, in a persuasive essay, do not start the essay with a question. The same thing goes with a commercial. If you are writing a commercial... Mm. Do not start with, has this ever happened to you? Because I'm just going to say no and walk away from your commercial. You can, however, start a podcast with a question if your podcast host wants to keep doing the podcast. Have you ever but seen, sure. have you ever watched Everybody Loves Raymond? Yes. Okay, now allow me to proceed with my argumentative essay about why Ray Romano is the best comedian of the past century. <laughs> He's also the modern example of a saintly man. That's true. Did you like that tweet that I made? You think I did it was like funny? that tweet. Also, did you like the video that I made that was a promo for this podcast? Yeah, I did. Teresa, however, did not. I was fine with it, but Teresa was like, how dare she not include you? I'm mad at she? you again. Because how dare she not? You, she didn't like you. Call me a she? Wait, sorry, what? Never mind. Um, 
Well, you well you didn't make the video. You also weren't in it. So why would I tag you? Yeah. So why would you put? Me, that's exactly my point. I was right. like, why would why would you put me in it? I'm not in it. I'm in the podcast, but like everyone knows that I'm in the podcast. Exactly. I think it's it's a like, self evident truth about the crunch. What I need you yeah. to do is make a make a a, a video a combat video, a return fire video, and then don't put my <laughs> handle in it. And then we'll just start an escalating video war. And that will it's be, it's going to be, it's going to be uh, instead of, instead of hip hop music, it's going to be distorted carnival music and okay. me just falling. <laughs> <laughs> the camera tilting. It's in black and white in slow motion. Just mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. one frame per second of wow. me falling. That's a slideshow. That's, that's not a video. <laughs> that's guerrilla marketing um, right there. <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. Right, dude, topic. Okay, we can do it now. We can do it now. Teresa came up to me at lunch today. Shout out, and Teresa. And she was like, Patrick, I was listening to the live episode and you didn't answer my question well. And somebody like, else told you? me that. Who was it? I don't remember, but somebody told me that we didn't talk about body and soul as good as we. I think it was my friend Kevin. Shout out, Kevin. Wait uh, a second. That's exactly the question that I was talking about. Yeah, I know. I know because I did the podcast with you. What? Yeah. I, I didn't remember what Teresa's question was when she told me that. But anyway, so apparently she wasn't asking about body and soul, mm. although she said it. She was talking about um, – <laughs> I wasn't talking about the thing that I asked you. I was talking about something else. <laughs> yeah, she did – Teresa – at shout out, Teresa. You did ask us about body and soul. The question specifically and... said the dualism of body and soul and can you talk about it, and those were the only parameters. So and I fight me it as the theology of the body. Mm-hmm. What she wanted us to talk about was how to get things from your head to your heart. So head oh, knowledge to heart. Oh, this is my zone. This really? is what because I do. It's not my zone. Really? And she was making fun of me because she was like, "My favorite thing about that question was I wanted to know if she, Teresa said that she wanted to know the, how to get things from her heart from her head to her heart." And mm-hmm. I answered in. Completely philosophical terms. Yes, and she was like, "That is the most head knowledge thing you could have said." And so I was like, "Listen, I'm sorry, I misunderstood the question. We'll talk about it this week." And so here we are talking about it this week. This is a great question. I love it. Oh, wait a second. This this episode's coming out on my 21st birthday. What? Yeah. Why am I not drinking a beer right now? What are we doing? Why don't you tell me the this? Fact that I. I thought, were we going to do something for my 21st birthday? Weren't we going to? Oh, it's too late now. We're 10 minutes in. I guess um, at Luke and Gomer, who Mm. don't listen, um, (laughs) you owe us alcohol now that I'm 21. Yes. All right, cool. They'll probably only send it to you because apparently when 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 people send the crunch things, they just send them to you and I don't get them. It's true. Walla Walla Washington. Again, me being on the crunch is a self-evident truth. Yeah. We talked about this. Okay. Body and soul. Head and heart. Head and heart. No, not body and soul. <laughs> body and soul. Body and soul, head and heart. What is your hang-up with it? Like, how? why do you find it that you have trouble talking about this and thinking about this? So it's not really that I have trouble thinking about it. <laughs> it's that I have trouble Dumb. with the application of it. And okay. it's like I, I've, I did a lot of reflecting today on mm-hmm, it because mm-hmm. I started writing for one of my theology classes mm-hmm. um, about the cross. And um, I started realizing more and more about like what it really means to connect your head and your heart, Mm -hmm. because I'll say things all the time. Like someone will tell me, oh, Patrick, you're you're worrying too much or Patrick, you're you're not trusting God enough. You need to trust God more. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. I know that. But I don't 
know that. And then I point to my heart. It's like there's 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 knowledge of the head and there's knowledge of the heart, and I need both, and I feel like mine are separated. Yes. And I feel like that's what Teresa meant when she said separate right. dualism of body and soul. Okay. I am picking up what you're putting down. And I totally understand where you're coming from because I've been there and I'm not saying that I'm like completely through it and I'm on the other side, but I know what you're talking about because for the longest time, a lot of my faith was intellectual only. Um, Not that having an intellectual component to your faith is bad. Obviously, like learning about theology is great and you do so good at it and you know so many things and it like leads people to Jesus. Like that's awesome. Um, But at the same time, like for me, I had an intellectual understanding of the faith my sophomore and freshman year of college, and it didn't do me a whole lot of good because I would know things about Jesus and about God and about the church, and I just sinned a lot. And so it it didn't do me any good because I didn't have a, a heart understanding of like what these things actually meant for my life. I wouldn't have any conviction about the things in my head, you know? And I'm not saying that you don't have any conviction. Uh, but I'm saying that it's important to not only be uh, intellectual, which is easier said than done. I think I think for for us it's easier said than done. I think that there are definitely people. I, there there might there, there might be are people, people who yeah 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 you're right. There are people that are totally there are people that are not. <laughs> there are people. Finn done with the podcast. There are people. Uh, there are people that are really only like living in the heart and they don't really live a lot up in the, up in the head up in the brain area, up in the brain area. And it's, uh, I mean, they, when, when Jesus tells us to love him, or I guess when God tells us to love him, this is Deuteronomy. He says, uh, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind and soul and strength and strength. That was, yeah, that was the last one. I was like, it's not body. That's dumb. That's a dumb way. Well, It is kind of, body. it's kind of body, but it's like strength. So, yeah. He, they, he explicitly separates uh, mind and heart, and a lot of people are all heart, and a lot of people think that we don't need to have the mind component to it, and that's just a whole a whole other story. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I so I would I would take I would take that scripture verse, uh huh, heart, soul, mind, body, strength, yeah, and I would apply it to um, Saint Bonaventure because I like that guy. So. Each in each person, there's the there's the physical and there's the spiritual. So there's a separation there, right? And so the physical is your strength, and then the spiritual is everything else. Mm-hmm. The three powers of the soul that you have are your memory, your intellect, and your will. You're doing it right now. Okay, no, but you it's, <laughs> you're it's you're not, being all in your head right now. But there's a there's an integration that needs to happen between your memory, your intellect, and will. Uh-huh. I think that you in 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 my in my youth ministry days, and I think yours as well. Mm-hmm. I was really heavy on the memory, okay. so my mind, yeah, like remembering facts about the faith, okay. which are good, or remembering even like times that you were emotional about the faith too. Yes, and drawing from and that. then I think as I've grown up. I've moved more into like integrating my memory with my intellect uh-huh. and the intellect would be like, um, would be your heart, I think. Or maybe I don't think that makes sense. Yeah. No, I think because memory and intellect are separate because the intellect is the way that you process things. Okay. The intellect is the way that you like, it, it links your, it links the, your memory with your will, you know? So like your will is what you do. 
Your will is like the way what motivates you to do things. And so your intellect is the bridge between what you remember and what you do. So your intellect processes the memory and informs the will. And so I would think that hmm, I lost my train of thought. So that's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's just funny. So just take all of that and apply it to your heart. No, I don't think so. I think I think, I think... <laughs> uh, that's funny. No, because because your heart your heart is like a part of your spiritual. Your your heart is a part of your soul, and so is your mind. Okay, you're thinking about it too you're, hard. You're, Honestly, spirituality. I think you're thinking about this way too hard. Somebody, someone, help me. All right, <laughs> slow it down. I'm gonna give you some personal examples, and maybe this will shed some light on the situation. All right. Okay. I feel like a lot in the past semester, past six months. I've had a lot of situations in which uh, God has moved things from my head to my heart. And I've talked about some of them on the podcast. Um, one of them being prayer. Go back to our podcast on prayer from uh, like January. Um, and I learning about how gratitude cultivates humility and about how receptivity is like a critical component of prayer. And all of these things like I knew in my head, in my head zone – but I didn't know them in my heart zone. And then I tried to draw them in my chalk zone. And it just I was about up, to make the chalk zone. And it just, ended up, <laughs> it just ended up looking not very good. So that was one of the things that I had to move from head to heart because I understood prayer and I knew what prayer was because I had learned it and heard talks about it and written things down in my journal but never actually put it into practice. And so then I started praying with that mindset and it just completely changed my prayer. Another thing is uh, when my friend Alex got his back healed. Like I knew that God could do those things and that made sense in my brain, uh, but then it actually happened and it rooted itself in my heart and it changed the way that I pray. Again, uh, it changed something about my relationship with God. I saw the way he works and how he loves us in a new way. Um, and I was open to that, receptive to that, and I tried to pour that out to back to God and to other people. Um, just in how I talked about things and talked about prayer and shared and loved, even not even talking about prayer. Uh, another thing, um, I feel like there's been other stuff too, just uh, all semester, but those are just a couple of examples of how, like, it's all about being open to God and having your heart open to God, which is so hard because when we think we know something, like, our brain will shut down our heart because it's like, this is just how the thing is, right? Like, I see this thing. This is how that it is. There's no way that it could be any other thing. And so then when God tries to work on your heart, it gets stuck at your brain. God works top down. Maybe mm-hmm. sometimes, well, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, but I would argue that it's pretty hard for things to work in your heart. If you don't have an understanding of what they are or, uh, how they operate. Like I don't, I, if I, if somebody tried to tell me like, Oh, God healed, uh, your friend's back. And then I'd have to think if I didn't know what healing was and I didn't understand, like if I had never read the gospels and never read like Jesus's healing powers and never knew anything about that. Um, then in my heart, it wouldn't be as uh, efficacious as it is now that I have that knowledge. It's like the the both work in tandem. Mm -hmm. And so those are things that just for me, they've moved from my head to my heart. And I feel like there's been a lot of other smaller things too. It's like, you know, something for so long, but something will happen in prayer or something will happen in your life that necessitates the move from the head to the heart. So it's not something that we can just do out of our own sheer force of will i don't think i think it's something that has to be prompted by grace and something that we have to be open to in order for it to happen what do you think i think we're talking i think we're hmm. i don't think we're talking about the heart 
I don't know I what we're, we're talking, talking about. What are you I think t- we're talking about illumination. What? Because you keep using all these big words. Just talk about no, your no, heart. It's not a big word. It's not a big it's word. It's three syllables. It's just, what, it's just illumination. It's for dang um, it. <laughs> <laughs> when when the Holy Spirit enters you, He takes up where nature leaves off. Right? Grace builds on nature. Grace builds on nature. Da, 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 da. I've heard that phrase a lot lately. I think that your what your mind knows can be purely natural. Uh-huh. What your heart feels can be purely natural. And what your soul is inclined to do, what your what you're spiritually inclined what your will is inclined to do can be purely natural. So you can like you can just be a naturally just person. But uh-huh. until your your will is illumined by the Holy Spirit, you're not going to grow in the virtues of faith, hope, and love, right? right. So I think that I think our head and our heart and our, our will is all connected. Right. It's just they're not being enlightened by the Holy Spirit. And I think that something that's changed in me mm-hmm. since I was in high school, and this is what I was trying to articulate earlier, is that my head knowledge was like the Holy Spirit picked up where my head knowledge left off. Mm-hmm. And like all my independent study and all my like love of apologetics and all that stuff, the Holy Spirit took that, transformed it, made it into something that was ordered towards the love of God, not necessarily the love of my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was, I was talking, I was, I was writing about this and I was like, my head and my heart just aren't connected. And that's my biggest struggle. And then something kind of didn't sit well when I wrote that down. I was like, maybe it's just, maybe they are connected. Maybe they're just not illuminated. Maybe my head is illuminated and my, my heart isn't, you know, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm letting the Holy spirit into my mind and my actions, but not my heart. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, it's just, what are your, what are your motivations behind doing things? What is your motivation behind loving people? Is it because, uh, like, you know, that you're supposed to act Christian in a certain situation? Like, Oh, if a homeless man comes up to me, I'm just supposed to give him money or food because I'm a Christian. Or is it motivated out of a love for Christ that you, we witness in that person? And I think there's a difference between knowing that reality and like truly living it in your heart. Like where, what is the, what is the driving force behind our actions? I think it can be either our mind or our heart. Sometimes it's both. And that's obviously when it's the best, but I think a lot of times we're motivated by our mind more so than our heart or, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I dig it because each of the, each of the virtues, faith, hope, and love correspond to one of these things, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Faith illuminates the mind, hope illuminates the heart, and then love illuminates our actions. And it it raises them to what it raises them to something higher than they could have been on their own. Mm-hmm. And so until the Holy Spirit enacts those virtues in you, it doesn't matter if your head and your heart are perfectly connected, you can't do anything. And I when I was writing about this earlier, literally an hour ago, so I'm still processing all of this. That's why we're here. I was, yep, this is, this is <laughs> we joke about it, but it's true. This is why we have this podcast. Um, I was reminded of, and I feel like you're going to make fun of me when I talk about this. I will. Because you make, it's <laughs> what we're here for um, again. I remember the first time I told this story it was to my mom and she even made fun of me for it. So anyway, I was, I was at this, this science museum. Okay. It was, it's called Wonderworks. Have you ever heard of Wonderworks, Ethan? No, but I feel like it's the same as every other science museum. It's not, yeah, it's more, it's like a theme park plus science museum. It's like a Ripley's, believe it or not. So one of the, it's one of them, one of the exhibits was a game and it's played between two people. Okay. And you sit down 
and you're, you're between you is this tube with a ball in the center, like mm-hmm. dead center. Is this one of those and games you where put, you strap you put, on the mind helmet and you have to think the ball across? Yes, it yeah. is. But the twist was not about um, thinking. It mm-hmm. was like it hook you. You put on the helmet mm-hmm. and you put on this little sensor thing, mm-hmm. and the more your pulse goes up. And the more your um your heart like the more your heart rate, the more you breathe, the more your like brain's active. Uh-huh. The ball comes towards you, and the goal is to get the ball to the other person. Um, oh, so I was trying to stay calm. Game. It's like the reverse. Yeah, you feel nothing. The reverse. You feel you're supposed to feel nothing. You're supposed to turn off your brain. You're supposed mm-hmm. to turn off. Your, and that that was that was the phrase that I said that everyone made fun of me. It was like, oh, but you're really good at that, Pat. And I was like, oh, that's a good joke. <laughs> um, and so they uh. But the the trick is, is that if you start to lose, you start to get a little bit worried. And then your heart starts to beat and you start breathing heavier. And then the ball comes quicker towards you. And that scares you a little bit more. And so it's literally a vicious cycle of the more, the more like the, the more difficult the game gets, the more difficult it gets. It just, it's just exponentially difficult. So you have to like, the only, the only way you can stop it from happening is if you get literally get out of your own way. Um, cause, and, and I was really good at this game because I was really good at like, get it like mind over matter in terms of like, I can just like think myself calmer. And I know in my, I know, I know in my mind, like if I don't get out of my own way, this, this game is going to, is I'm going to lose. And so I was really good at it, but my skill at this game has not yet transferred to my spiritual life. I have not yet figured <laughs> out how to get out of my own way in terms of my spiritual life. Um, and a lot of a lot of like uh reading on the spiritual life it's it's an interesting thing to read on the spiritual life because at a certain point the author of whatever book you're reading whatever Teresa of avila francis sales they all say the same thing like and at this point i literally can't take you any further i can't explain anything else because i don't know what's happening like i i can they they can map it out for you and they can say this is kind this is what happens like this is this is where you're going towards the union with god but i am physically i'm like humanly incapable of explaining to you how to do this because it's not something you choose it's something that you receive and eventually you stop not stop trying because you always have to continue in discipline and prayer and all that stuff but you stop thinking of yourself as the main arbiter of your salvation you stop thinking of yourself as the main actor and you start just letting yourself be receptive um and for me this all came out of a meditation on the cross because the cross is nothing that we do for ourselves there's nothing that we did to merit the crucifixion you know like we it was it's purely receptive every sacrament that comes out of it we can't do it to ourselves Every, every grace that came out of the crucifixion, the crucifixion, crucifixion itself, all you can do is receive. And so I think that no matter whether you emphasize your thoughts about Jesus or your feelings about Jesus or your actions that, you know, that are good things for Jesus, no matter what you emphasize, unless those things receive the Holy Spirit into them, they're not going to pass into the higher stages of the spiritual life. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. 
the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think that the phrase receive the Holy Spirit into those things is super vague and arbitrary. What does that mean? That's fair. <laughs> Cause that can mean anything. You tell somebody like, Oh yeah, all you have to do is just receive the Holy Spirit into receive that thing. Spirit. What? What are you talking about? Yeah, there's no like there's no button I can press in my soul that opens up my yeah. Holy Spirit to, opens up my spirit to the Holy Spirit. It's not like my I have I have popcorn soul where I invite the Holy Spirit in and my chest bursts open. The Holy Spirit has a nice little kernel <laughs> to work that. its way into. Like that's, um, that's not how things work. Yeah. So how do you open yourself up to receive the Holy Spirit? Um, I think uh, there's a number of ways. One, prayer. Cool. Name three. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think. I mean, it all just comes down to knowing and loving God. <laughs> at the end of the day and then being receptive in prayer and just not making it about yourself and being very unselfish and not having an agenda when it comes to your relationship with God. And I think that's one of the things that we struggle with a lot is coming to prayer with, I'm going to get this and this and this, and I'm going to ask God for these things. If he doesn't give me these things and he doesn't love me. Um, and we just have to stop doing that. Like we can't expect anything. Like obviously we should ask Jesus for things because he wants us to do that. Uh, it's very clear in scripture. Um, but at the same time, we also have to accept what he gives us. And I'm thinking of kind of like, you know, what, what father, when the, when the kid asks for a piece of bread, gives him a stone or asks for an yeah. egg and gets a scorpion. Like, so you, that, you might not get, so like, let's, let's, let's say you go to God and you ask for an egg. Um, yeah, he's not going to give you a scorpion. He might not give you an egg either. He might give you a, a, a steak dinner. You know, yeah. like the thing that you receive from God might not necessarily be the thing that you ask him specifically for, but it might be, it will be, if it is something different than what you asked for, it will be infinitely better than the thing that you asked for. And so I think that's where the whole idea of receptivity comes from is we're receptive to people that we know will either meet or exceed our expectations. And the people that we are not receptive to are the people that don't do those things. So if you think about the person, maybe there's this kid on your street and every day he's like, I've got a gift for you. And it's just a tissue that has snot in it. Like every day, like you're not going to be very receptive to uh, Timmy's gifts. But if your uncle Rick comes over uh, every, you know, four, four weeks and he brings a new video game, like you're going to be very receptive to uncle Rick, you know? Um, and so we can't treat God like Timmy. And we can't treat God like Uncle Rick either is the problem. But we do have to understand that God is always going to 
bless us. And that's where that receptivity comes from is that he's not going to like intentionally inflict anything upon us. And I think that's why we have to be open is we have to trust that like, okay, like if I got, ask God for this thing, he's either going to give me what I asked for or something better. Um, and we have to be receptive to him and we have to trust him, even though it might be hard to trust other people in our lives based on the experiences that we've had with receptivity with them. I kind of like looped back around. I hope I've landed in the right, in the correct spot. I liked it because there, the, the, I see like I see, I see three steps, three mm-hmm. concrete steps okay. in that little analogy. It's like practical. I, I don't necessarily know what order they go in, but that's fine. That's for the that's for the listeners to figure out. That's not our job. That's for the listeners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you need you need a desire. So like, ask for the desire if you don't have it. Ooh, yeah. You need to yeah, 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 yeah. ask for God to be present. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you need to, you need, so. <clears throat> First of all, you need the desire for him. You then you need him to be present. And then you need to remember the gifts that he gave you. Like I I think I think that's the bare minimum. I if, if you can't if you don't have a desire, you need to ask for it. Yeah. And then if you um if he's not there with you, because he, he can't give you any desires if you're not there for him. If he's not there for you. And so you have to ask him to be there. And if you if you can't even ask him to be there, you have to remember what good he did for you in the past. Um, forgetting is dying for, I think we talked about that on the podcast before. <clears throat> Sounds like something we would say. If you remember, yeah, if you remember the good things that uncle Rick did for you, mm-hmm. you're going to want him there again and you're going to want him soon. Um, and yeah. so then you, that, that will create in you the desire for him. And then that will create, that will eventually God, God doesn't inspire desires that he won't fulfill. Um, and that's something that I've been telling myself over and over again, especially in this desire that I've felt to like illuminate my heart with mm-hmm. love for him. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's that, that very desire is a gift and that desire is something that God will not let go unfulfilled. I'm kind of reminded of the responsorial Psalm from mass yesterday is rejoice. O hearts that seek the Lord. Um, like we, if we're truly, if we're being honest in our desires and we're being honest with God and with ourselves and we're praying for, like, even if we don't have the desire to seek God or to be open to God or to love him and do his will, like the fact that we even ask for that desire means that we're seeking him. It means that we want him. Um, even if it's some like distant roundabout intermediary way. And that is enough reason to rejoice like that. I mean, that's what the Psalm straight up says, like rejoice those that seek. I forget what it said already, but you know what I mean? Like we, we need to be rejoicing if we're seeking. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's easy to get like despairing about things is that, you know, Oh, I've been praying and I just can't seem to figure out, like, I can't get through this rut. I can't get through this wall. Like I'm in this serious, you know, desolation or maybe you're in consolation it does always have to remember to be joyful and know that like god is real and uh all of that patrick are you still there yes okay my laptop just lost its mind sorry i kind of like trailed Uh off i trailed (laughs) off because my screen went black (laughs) i I, go to sleep because that's something that computers do sometimes no i just thought that i had lost everything but we're good i know that because i'm an engineering major yeah me too me too oh no way yeah, that's crazy how that works out. I don't remember what I was saying. I just had a minor heart attack because I thought we had just Welcome lost back. the whole episode. Welcome back to the electrical engineering cast. Welcome back to the electrical engineering cast. Yeah. Um, anyway, I don't I don't really have much else to say on this topic. I don't know. 
I mean, as far as how this whole like openness and receptivity to God relates to the head and the heart is that again, with the concrete steps is you have to be receptive to like learning things, right? If you're not going to learn about Jesus, then how are you ever going to love him? And you have to learn truly like who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ did for us. And if you have some type of warped view of that, then you're not going to be able to love him fully. Um, and so, which is why you have to read the scriptures, you have to read the gospels, mm-hmm. you have to go to church, you have to understand what the church teaches about Jesus Christ, because this is something that the church has been doing for 2,000 years, trying to learn about the person, like who Jesus Christ was and what he did. That's like step number one. And so if you, so if you don't, if you aren't doing that, if, and that's not like a daily thing for you, then start doing that. That is step zero, step negative one. Yeah. <laughs> that's i mean so far so if you i mean i and i know you already so then the question is like people like you patrick who already know those things but are still having trouble it all comes down to like what we just talked about is like praying for that receptivity and being open and trusting yeah. and like following the promptings of the spirit wherever they lead you even if it seems nuts and that those are the things i mean because you can't always have like an experience where like you learn something about prayer um, and somebody says it in the perfect way that you make the transition from head to heart or your your friend's back gets healed. Like that's not going to happen all the time to everybody to facilitate that transition. It's going to be something that takes a long time, something that you will have to struggle through and fight through in order for it to really take root if it doesn't come super easily. Yeah, and and you can't integrate your whole self on your own. I think that's the... I think the question that I was asking is wrong. It's like, how can, how can I connect my head and my heart? Well, first of all, that's a lot of I language. How uh-huh. can I connect myself to myself? I can't. How can I be open you to God never... working in me? Cause that's all that we can do. If every part of you is open to God, if every part of you is connected to God, then you're naturally going to be integrated within yourself. Exactly. You can't do it any other way. And I think, I think that then your question is, well, how do I be receptive? I think then you go into those three steps of, uh-huh asking for God's presence, asking for the desire, and then remembering what all the good that he did for you. There we go. We summarized. The, we, had, we, did, we did a TLDR of the podcast. Yeah. That was good. A nice little – we wrapped that up in a tiny little bow in under 40 minutes. That's pretty impressive. Wow. Yeah. Under 40 minutes? Under 40. This is good. People That's have been com- with banter. I know. People have been complaining a lot about our long episodes. Really? Maybe. I don't know. I just assume that they grumble in their free time. I'm looking up crunch of the week. I don't think so. Right now, I don't now. think so because, like, I mean, when 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 I have a long when I when I get a long episode of of, of my favorite podcasts, mm. I'm like, sweet, more podcast. I think that's true for pod- every that's true for every podcast except Catching Foxes. And normally, I don't like to talk smack on them because I do love them. But sometimes, when I see that the episode is like over an hour long, I'm like, oh no, this just means that they're talking about movies for 20 minutes in the first like part. <laughs> apparently apparently catching foxes longer episodes do better apparently i mean and all you have to do is listen to the episodes after their long episodes and they'll tell you exactly all about their metrics i'll tell you all about how good they're doing if we have one thing up against them it's because we don't do that we don't talk about our numbers because y'all don't care (laughs) so why would we ask Ethan our numbers for uh like a, a, a promo thing that i was doing because I don't have those numbers. Yeah. Ethan is the only one in the world with those numbers. Yeah. And I don't really tell anybody 
Nobody's business. Nobody's business how many people listen to this podcast. You listen. You right now, sitting on your couch. Also, the You're best the one part that about nobody knowing how many people listen is that we can make our podcast seem as as awesome as we want I know. it to. As far as y'all know, there Guys, are millions so of people, people. <laughs> millions of people listening to us. Also, it could be two. <laughs> uh, Literally us and our parents. Yeah. And even then. And even then. <laughs> it's questionable. Um, Patrick, the podcast app is not loading. I need you to stall and give them information about where they can find us. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, you know, first of all, I would like to thank everyone who came out to our live show. Oh, last yes. Week, that was, was so much it fun. Was, it was two weeks ago. It feels like a long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, so much fun. I had a blast. Ethan had a blast. It was great to have Ethan in the same area as me. Mm-hmm. Um, Teresa said that you wanted to focus more on our friendship, and that made me feel really good about myself. So I, I, I love you too, Ethan. Is that something I said? That doesn't sound like something I said. I, <laughs> That's exactly what you said. You can't deny it anymore. I went for Guys, everyone. I went for Teresa. Friends. Um, what? What? Never mind. Did you mute yourself? Okay. No, I'm still here. Uh, so anything else? And our friends. That's first. And then okay, so you can find him at Propostle on Twitter. Me at Catholic Pat on Twitter. On Instagram, you can find us at Ethan Stevie or at Patrick Nevy. I I I. Email us Patrick at thecrunchcast.com or Ethan at thecrunchcast.com. If you have questions for monthly mailbag, you can also call in at the number that Ethan is about to say. That's seven eight five two five one three nine eight nine. Um, I once was at a professional radio station, and mm-hmm. they had their radio station's phone number like taped on every wall. Mm-hmm. And I think I should start doing that because <laughs> we want to be professional. Because you still don't remember it. I just have it memorized because I'm a normal person. Memorize phone numbers. <laughs> uh, anyway, do you have crunch of the week? I do. It's ready. I'm trying to decide between two of them. Um, let's do the one from. You can only have one crunch. I know. Well, let's let's do this one. I, I don't I don't understand it. We might have to discuss this. It's called "Edgy and Amazing" by the Catholic Stalker. <clears throat> ah. They are so relatable, funny, and spiritually encouraging. They are the definition of edgy triggering. Laughing emoji. But they push their points across so well. There's some spiritual nerdiness that surrounds this podcast, but they are still so relatable. These two young Twitter peeps are so lit, fire emoji, but do brutally honest at the same time, fire emoji. God bless the crunch peeps, laughing face emoji, laughing face emoji. Love you guys, prayer hands emoji. Five stars. Five stars. Uh, that's, that's all I want to do. Yeah. I don't, I don't um, know what they mean by – are we edgy triggering? Do we tr- – what – I don't know what that means. That sounds like a comment on a Ben Shapiro video. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I think I think we might be, but like accidentally. It's not something not that we try to do. Yeah. Like the, hey, look how super political we are. But it's yeah. more of like, remember that one time that we got mad, that guy got mad at us for doing a dig on focus and on the traditional Latin mass in the same, in the same episode. And I was like, buddy, what side are you on? Because you don't yeah. know what side we're on. Hey, yeah, you he really doesn't. What are my opinions? You don't know. That's the thing about this I podcast is that nobody's safe. Like, it doesn't matter which side you're on. We're coming for you. It's true. And we love focus and traditional Latin mass. Exactly. Just reiterate so, that. The yeah, I time. <laughs> yeah, we need to delete that review off of our uh, page because... Yikes. We can't do that. I pulled those from iTunes. If you would like to be Crunch of the Week, please leave a review on iTunes. Um, 218 people have figured it out, so you can too. Um, uh, that's, but that's all I have. I mean, that just feels like a quick episode compared to our other more recent podcast compared to our hour and a half episode. Oh, the worst thing about the live episode was Dr. Scott Hahn coming in 20 minutes after we were finished. 
What a wasted opportunity. That would have been hilarious. That would have been sick. I actually have his book sitting right here. Somebody gave me a copy of The Fourth Cup, and I've never read it, so I'm pretty excited to... You know, there's there's an unreleased sequel called The Fifth Cup. I'm just kidding. I am deleting you from my life. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot begin and end the podcast with stupid, dumb jokes like that. It makes me so mad. Ethan, you do that every week. That's a good point. (laughs) All right, do you got anything else? Nope. All right. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we will see you on the Twitter. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.